Yay, all of us. We are here with such a good friend of mine, Janice Meyer. Oh, and she's here in person. She just flew in to see me for the weekend. Um, Hold on, let's clear that up. To see you or your puppy. Right. Oh. Okay. I'll never tell. To come see my puppy and then, like, I live with my puppies. So. You happen to live in her house, uh, your yes, puppy's yes, house. Yes, but yes. the highlight has been to meet your family. Her, her boys, oh my goodness, they're so adorable. And Aren't so they? I thought I was coming to see this adorable puppy and three adorable boys and a grown boy. And I'm telling you, I'm in love. Oh. Well, you can just stay. It's okay. okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm quarantining myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You yeah. pretty much are. Janice just got back from South Sudan. I mean, we're pretty much quarantining you at our house Seriously. right now. Seriously. I appreciate that, too. Yeah. Not many people will say, hey, you just came back from South Sudan. Come on, stay yeah. at my house. Right. We uh-huh. were actually walking down the street after we got gotten coffee a couple days ago, and she's just, you know, holding the dog outside the coffee shop, talking to random strangers walking by, and... You know, she happens to tell them she just got back from Sudan. And I think they're all just they like, all started oh, right. moving back a few feet. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like, you're like, like, give me I'm a like, hug. tomorrow's my 14th day. I think we're good. Yeah, you're okay. Yes. I think you're fine. I'm fine. Yeah. You're okay. clear. You're in the clear. But no one walks on the same sidewalk as you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just you. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm just so grateful that you're willing to be with us. Janice is such an amazing human being. So for those of you listening, you'll be following her by the end of this podcast. Uh, She's an amazing photographer. She travels the world. You've been to how many uh, countries? 76. 76 and counting. So Right. And she so she takes photos and works with film crews um, for a humanitarian organization um, and does documentaries and just an amazing woman of God. Her heart is the biggest and... um, the way that you just love Jesus and walk around the world and love the poor. We're just going to unpack so much stuff, just not just about abuse and healing and hope, but also just about our culture and and how to care for others and how to be a part of this huge planet that we live on and, um, and be Jesus to people. And so there's no other person that I would have in a room other than the two that are with me right now to be able to unpack that. And Mary and Janice have been exactly what I think Jesus with flesh on looks like in our world. And so it's really fun to be able to talk with you today. Love you, Janice. I love you. I love you. And I've just met you, Mary. And last night we had dinner and played a little. And I love it. I'm in love with you already. I'm in love with you. dream heart person. (laughs) Aww. Well, Janice, I think we should just start from the top. So Janice and I, we've traveled a few times together to the other side of the world and, and done life and, um, Janice has an amazing sense of humor, so that's why she's my friend. (laughs) But also, um, you've been through some hard stuff. And I remember the first time that we went to Cambodia, you um, shared with me. So we're we're meeting with trafficking victims, girls that are, I mean, locked up. They're in cages. They're being, you know, little girls being forced to, you know, have sex eight to ten times a day and being beaten. And, you know, Janice helped me to unpack their stories and taught me how to really... um, get them to open up and share. And in the midst of that, the downtime, I remember being in the van going from brothel to brothel and you ended up unpacking some of your story to me. And that meant the world to me that, you know, you're doing such amazing work and I look up to you so much. And yet you were able to share with me some of the hardest things you've gone through and you got really real with me. And Mm -hmm. I'd love for you just to kind of talk a little bit about that. I grew up with great parents, mm. and uh, we were not a Christian family at all. We were just, we went to church because, you know, that's what you did on Sundays back then. I'm a bit older than all of y'all. <laughs> so 
I had a horse, and we I would go out to the barn, and I, there was like a lot of us girls that would go out to the barn after school every day, mm-hmm. and, and the, but the um, I would say the environment was probably not the best. We would never do that today, mm-hmm. and so there was one guy out there that um, worked at the barn, and he was like handled things and you know fed the horses and all that stuff, and he started to groom me. Mm-hmm. You know, just having conversations that I shouldn't be having with somebody. But, you know, I was like 10 or 11, and he was in his 20s. Yeah. And smitten, as you are, a 10 or 11-year-old. Yeah. Girl. And just, and I don't even think it was like a crush, even that. It was just, I was smitten with this guy because he knew a lot about horses. And horses was my love language at the time. I mean, yeah. I just, oh, I, did, yeah. I so love horses. And so he just began to um, groom me. And as, as it went on, he began to do things that, should not be done from a 20-year-old mm-hmm. to a 10, 11-year-old. And so that began to happen. I wouldn't, it's not every week or anything, but frequently enough that it was a habit that he did. And I can remember, you know, I just thinking, why is this, you know, what are we, why is this going on and why? Yeah. You know, but they're so, they're such groomers and such yeah. con artists and everything. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. that went on off and on for um, quite a few years. And I wasn't going to not go to the barn because all my girlfriends were out there. And, and I don't even know for sure what happened to them. Okay. Aww. You know, we're, we're still friends. Some of them are still friends to this day. And I know one of their stories. And it actually happened to her at home. And hers was so bad. But Aww. there you are. We compare. And we go, oh, mine wasn't as yeah, bad. But right. whatever happened to you happened to you. Yeah. It damaged you. So yes. Yes. I, but after that, I just tucked it away. And I, I was telling, I told you before, is that, when I grew up, I just grew up with the thought that I was a bad child. Mm. I just thought I didn't. I never once thought I was abused. Mm-hmm. That didn't even cross my no. mind. Mm-hmm. It was that this that I was a bad child. I mean, mm-hmm. no child should make the decisions I made. Right. So, so you're it, thinking already that this was a, a team kind of thing. Like you were right. part of it. Right. Even though he's in his twenties, you're this little girl. He grooms you, but right. somehow they cause you. To think that you were, you per- made the decision. You yes. were a part of this. I'm a full on participant. Yeah. So right? you're a bad girl. Yeah. Mm. So that just, mm. you know, and what amazes me with um, this is that you're, you have a children's brain or, is so different than an adult brain, but you go on believing the truth you believed at that age. And I believed I was a bad girl. And so as I got older, I still believed that because I laid that foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I believed that tr- that was truth when it was a lie. Absolutely. And so, um, go on long time after I was um, 38 or 40 and I was riding down the street with three of my friends and I was in the back seat with one of them and one in the front seat said, did you hear so-and-so a, a, a friend of ours was abused as a child? It was sexually abused as a child. And just out of my mouth, I didn't even, it didn't even, it wasn't a thought. I said, it's a horrible thing I know or something. I can't remember exactly, mm-hmm. but it was pretty much like it was a horrible thing I know. Mm-hmm. And everybody got silent. Yeah. You were like, I get it. And then they were like, oh, yeah. you do. And But they just didn't know what to do with the information. Everybody just got silent. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even talk about it. We went on to something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, a week or so later, I don't remember, I, I had my dad and I had a boat together. And the same girls, we all went out on this boat. And on the back of the boat, there's this place you can sit. And I was sitting back there. And one of the girls came back there and sat with me and said, can you tell me more about what you said in the car? Mm-hmm. What a good friend. Yeah. And I, so I told her what happened, some of it, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't yeah, even yeah. know how to, uh, Oh yeah. I didn't even know how to communicate it. Cause I hadn't thought about it in, you know, 30 years much. Right. Just that I was a bad girl. 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so I talked about, and that's where my, then my world fell apart. Just, I couldn't emotionally, I mean, it was like I had opened something, but I'm so glad I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was hard, but it was so worth it. Mm-hmm. And so I just lost it. Like I got where I would have to leave work. Mm-hmm. It was just an emotional wreck. I couldn't handle anything. I'm like, oh, yeah. same exact thing exactly. for me. Cause I, I didn't, yeah. and not to turn the spotlight on me, but no. um, the same exact thing. I didn't unpack it until I was an adult. And then I'm like, I don't know how to do all this and to cry in the studio before I go on the air. Right. I'm trying to talk to my husband. It's just so, yeah. I totally get yeah. that part of it. it. Was nuts. You don't know how to function. No, yeah. I didn't know. And I, I think yeah. that's a fear so many times. Yeah. That's why oftentimes we do, we keep it silent for so long mm-hmm. because we know on the other side of that opening up, you right. know, ripping off the bandaid, yeah. there's going to be a lot of craziness. Right. But the point is, after that, it gets yes. better, but like it is a long right. yeah. process. And, and that's why if you have friends that are doing this, commit to it. Commit mm-hmm. to the process. Right. Because I had another friend that I told after that, because I started talking about it more because I didn't know what else to do with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And this friend said, I have a counselor, and I'm taking you to her, and I will drive you every week. And she drove me every week to this counselor. Wow. You know. I love that. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, so, you know, a lot, a lot of years later. But... <laughs> For the first, I I went to her for a year or two, and she just was amazing, and I Aww. just opened up to her, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of the person that's like, let's get this done. You know, I thought I was going to tell her everything, and, I, and then two weeks later, I was good, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, so, really. so the first day I went in there, I said, okay, I'm going to tell you everything I've ever done, and so I told her everything <laughs> I'd ever done. She said, yes, and you were raped, and I go, oh, let me tell you again, because you obviously didn't get it. So I told her everything I'd ever done, and she said, yes. That's not your fault. You were a child, and yeah. I'm like, you didn't do that, right? Right. That was so. I told to her again, you. and she's like, okay, mm-hmm. I see what we have to work on. You yeah. just saved a lot of time because you just blurted it all out. But <laughs> so then she was trying to get me to understand, and then all of a sudden it hit me. My niece was ten or eleven at that moment, and my and everything just opened up. Yeah, I wanted you to talk about that because yeah. that's I think that's a very common thing. So often we think, you know, well, it's different because it was me and I, like I was in that situation and somehow my brain like told me that I was a part of that or I asked right. for it or I was at the wrong place. But like, but then if you, there's somebody that you care about that was that age, you would never, never. tell them that that was their fault. You never. would never tell your niece that she was a bad girl. No, she was a little girl. Yes. And it just mm. opened my eyes and that's when the, I really began to see it and began to heal and began to believe a new truth. I often say it's like this. If you were a little child and somebody came and nobody saw them and they broke your leg, your femur, and somehow you were able to hide and you let it heal on its own, but you had this limp for the rest of your life. Yes. And then one day you said, I'm tired of this limp. You know, I'm tired mm-hmm. of why. And, and it could be anything. It could be I'm defensive. It can be. Any, all these mm-hmm. lies we believe, but you would have to go in and get that broken again and put in a sp- and, and have surgery. And that is what being healed, sexual abuse, it's going back and reopening it mm-hmm. with professionals and with people that know how to help you heal that yeah. correctly and how to tell you truth over the lies and teach tell you what the lies were mm-hmm. because we don't even know what lies we believe but we built them now we built this whole foundation for 20 years mm. or 10 or five or two and you have to go in and go well that was a lie right. you know right and then 
put truth on it and that's what saves us. It seems a little bizarre though, because like you, I later as an adult, I'm trying to unpack all this stuff as a kid. And it's like, I don't even know what a lie is because it's all familiar to me. Mm -hmm. So it Mm -hmm. feels comfortable. And even if a healthy outsider says, this is a lie, I'm like, (laughs) no, 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 that's my friend. Like it's been with me since I was four and like, we're good. Like Mm -hmm. don't shatter my jacked up foundation because even though it's, it's wrong and it's a lie, it's still comfortable comfortable and been our normal. So it's just weird because I remember saying to my counselor, I'm afraid to see who I am after this is done. Because yeah. it was, I was so familiar with yeah. that Mary. I was afraid of the new Mary because I, uh-huh. I liked yeah. some of the old me. So the hell we know is better than what we don't know. Right. Yeah, right? And, and it's just, it's, it's crazy. But that's what we're here for is to say, no, you just can't believe the freedom you will have. I know you learned to cope and, and corral it and yeah. put it somewhere. But you, outside of those fences, is an amazing person. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just keep telling people it will be. It will be. Yeah. Trust the process. Trust trust God. Trust trust the professionals and get in there and dig through it. And, and yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah. I love that, though, because when, when I picture myself even back in, like, college when I was really going through some heavy healing, um, I remember feeling the same way, Mary, just like, you know, I was studying psychology because I wanted to figure myself out. And I was like, right. are all these things that I do, these things that I think, is that is that the real Nicole? Or is this all of the ugly layers that have built yeah. up as a result of my trauma? And it was almost like, but I actually like who I am with all these ugly layers because, again, it's comfortable. It's normal. Predictable. Yes. And I'm also an overachiever. I'm a perfectionist. Like, I can do well with all this heavy baggage on me. Like, Right. I can carry all this and I can carry it really well. And people like me, you know, so why mess with it? Right. <laughs> it's just like, let's just right. let it be. But then it was almost like this longing, this yearning, this something that I could not explain of, of wanting to lighten that load and mm-hmm. see if I liked who I was, see if other people liked who I was without all of those layers. Mm-hmm. It was almost like it wasn't a finding myself. It was a returning to right. myself. Mm-hmm. And I think also it's like, we don't even realize, and and I, I'm a believer in, in Christ. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. A, a lot of my foundation is that now yeah. like, because it was I was 18 when I came to Christ. And so, mm. but to know that God is not going to take away the good of you yeah, and only add to it. Yeah. So we, mm. as a believer, I don't fear. I don't, I know life is hard. Mm-hmm. Don't ever hear me saying life's not hard. Well, I mean, life, you know more than anybody. Life is very hard, but our promise is that God will walk through the hard. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And so, but he won't take away the good of us. Mm-hmm. He's only going to add the great of us. Yeah. And yeah. He's only going to add him, uh-huh. you know, yeah. in, in, in my belief system. Uh-huh. And same for me. I feel like as I was willing to walk through some of that and really look at the hard things and, and do the therapy, um, all those layers I talked about, the heaviness, it was like I really did feel like he was taking it upon himself, lightening the load, and I felt more alive than I ever did, right? Exactly. Um, so I think that it is about trusting that process. Yeah. And getting healed is like layers. I've been with three counselors over the years, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and one of them told me it's like, um, it's like an onion and you peel back. He also said he had glass in his hand. And he said he got it there years ago, and he said, you get it out. He said, but as you aged, it comes to the surface. Mm. And then you have to deal with those little pieces of glass, and then it's fine, and it 
And he said, that's something, and he's, mine's almost all out, you know? And so. Wow, that's amazing. But, so it's like, it is a process in it, but it's a great process because you, you do come more alive uh-huh. with each. Step. Yeah. Mm. I remember one time, just you guys talking, made me think about when I had gone through probably six months to a year of my healing and just finally like verbalizing all this junk that I'm like, is it a, a dream? Did it really happen? And then when God kind of allowed it all to click in my brain and I'm just telling my counselor, I'm like, I feel lighter. And she's like, I'm actually surprised you didn't come in with your hair blue. And I was like, what? <laughs> she goes, because once you start uncovering and unveiling like the real you and you're just like, I'm crazy, but I'm feeling good. I'm like, yeah. I'm fire. And, and so she said a lot of people will come in, tattoos, piercings, hair dyed because you're just uncovering this new like rock star who's oh. just waiting to explode. Right. right. Um, Let's go. I, I mean, I got my nose ring. I'm okay. getting ready to get a tattoo on my uh, arm. What color are you getting after we're done I'm here? I'm not getting hair, but I've always wanted a tattoo. <gasps> but I've always not wanted a tattoo. Oh. So I've... Okay. You're gonna laugh, but I want to get a dash because we live the dash. We live like for me, 1959 too. So like yes. the punctuation, no, like on the tombstone, you see the like dash? the dash. The dash is your life. Those numbers on the end are just oh. the beginning and the end. But we live the dash. Do it. So I that mean, way I could have a tattoo and I could just have a little one. And you can cover yeah. it up if you need to. Yeah, like I could just I draw can put it my on watch you. on if I need to cover <laughs> right. up. But then I cross. thought. Then I thought. You know, I'm going to need to dash all the way down my arm, up and down, up and down, because that's kind of how life is. <laughs> all right. Just keep adding. To yes, it. healing is a lifelong journey. Right. But yes. what a good story when people ask, like, "What is that? You have a string on your arm." And you're like, "No, actually, it's a dash." I'm living the dash. Here's my story. Right. Like exactly. that's what's so. That's why I love tattoos. Yeah. I wanted to say one thing because I think some people that have gone through what we have gone through is I was always like, "Oh, this is now. This has to be my ministry." You, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's not my ministry. Mm. And it doesn't have to be. I have a whole different ministry. I'm not, I'm happy to share this part of my life. It doesn't bother me one bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I just shared it Monday night with somebody that really helped her. Yeah. And and so it's not like I might hide it, but yeah. as for my calling, it's not that mm-hmm. particularly. I have this whole other calling that I love. And so I don't want people to think, uh, if I go, that, then that's what I got to do. Well, and that oftentimes is the case. You know, you get a little taste of healing. Now you think, okay, now I'm the one that I need to go, you know. Right. But it's not. It, it's it's just being willing to, I think, like you yeah. did already, identify yourself as a survivor when the time is right. right. And God will show you and open that up. But we all have a purpose in our lives. and But yeah. yet it still is used in your ministry, which is so great. And sure. I would love for you to talk a little bit about you know, just to unpack a little of what you do, because it's okay. so incredible. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I want to. I want you to share some stories and things, but we'll get there. Okay. I'm a photographer, mm-hmm. and what's funny is at our ministry, we started doing humanitarian work in 1989, and I did photography as a hobby. Mm. I mean, so one day they came to me and said, you do photography, don't you? And I said, yeah, sure. You know, and they said, want to go to Africa? Wow. I was, I was like, sign me up, you right. know? I oh, mean, yeah. So my first time out of the country was to Mozambique, Africa. Oh. I mean, we flew through South Africa, and I landed two weeks bef- after Mandela was mm. released from prison. Wow. So when wow. I got off the plane, there were machine guns every 10 feet. Mm. Guys with machine guns, not just standing there by themselves. Yeah. And, um, and they wanted you for everything, and, and it, was, it was nuts, and it was because they were afraid of a big blow-up. Yeah. You know, so it was just, it was crazy. But I went to Mozambique and I saw people 
that were dying because they didn't have enough food. And that completely rocked my world. And I knew, you know, if at all possible, this would be what I would do the rest of my life, you know, mm-hmm. is document this and tell their stories. And, and, and I do tell the story so that people will get involved. I mean, yeah, right. I have any qualms about that at all. No. Because it's life outside of where we live. Mm-hmm. I always ask, I ask people a lot. Now, I've learned a lot since that first trip in 76 countries. I've been to, like, Angola 40 times. So some of those countries I've been to over and over and over again. We started out in um, 1989 feeding 5,000 children. We joined with a partner in South Africa. We now feed 400,000 children every day. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. So, I mean, I I love it. And Mm -hmm. so, anyway, that's... that's And it's amazing that you can say you love it after all of these years, all of these countries, all of these trips. I mean... Every, almost every time I try to call you, you're not in the country, you know, (laughs) you're always somewhere else. You're out in the bush somewhere and you can say you love it. You always have a smile on your face, but yet you've seen some of the hardest things. And now in Janice, you wrote a book and and you, and you've even shared some of the stories and the, and the pictures of these children that, you know, they're starving, they're thirsty and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're being trafficked. They've, they've gone through things like people in America can't even fathom. But yeah, you you are still able to continue doing this. And I think that's really amazing. Like I, I look at my ministry and think, you know, I've been doing this for 17 years. No way did I think that I could continue on. I mean, the first couple of years, the stories that came forward when I would share my story, you know, I'm on stage talking about I've been sexually abused and I, and I, and I talk about just the hardship of that in order for other stories to come forward. You know, my whole mission since 2002 was the Me Too movement. I mean, it's always been about the girl who comes up to me as I step off of a college stage and mm-hmm. squeezes my hand and says, me too. And I know like her healing starts right there. So the Me Too for me has been happening for years and years. Um, and I know that that's kind of similar for you is like you're, you're wanting to continue to spread that hope. But like, did you think you could keep going this long? God's grace is huge. Like for me, I thought, right, no way that God's grace would continue for this long. I love what I do. And you can say the same yeah. thing. And I mean, I don't enjoy the flights like I used to, but I love once I'm there. I come alive. I, yeah. I mean, it's like these are people that I can relate to because I'm mm. like, they're human beings. And I want to tell you something, I'm 61 uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. And I hope I can go another 10 years or so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll oh, see. No doubt. As long as I can carry my camera. Yeah. <laughs> I may be taking pictures with my phone, but. Yeah. <laughs> so. But oh. I, it is, is love. I'm not saying it's not hard. Right. I just spent stories three weeks are hard. in South Sudan, and it was 110 degrees, and yeah. I was staying in a tin shed, and I would drink <laughs> 10 bottles of water a day just mm-hmm. to stay semi-hydrated. Yeah. And I still go, yeah, but who else gets to do this? And you didn't want to come back. I mean, you yeah. would have stayed longer. Right. That's what's amazing to me. Well, I mean, I'm also single. And, but I do have a real furry dog that I mm. miss real bad, you know. Yes. And, and Named Nikon. Nikon. <laughs> right. But it's just, I think, I think when you have a calling, and, and also I want to make it very clear, I get to do some things that in the system of our view is awesome and cool and, yeah. and all that. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to tell you, Monday night, Monday day, when I met with this girl, and my story helped her. 
I was just as excited as I am anywhere in the world. Yeah. Aww. And yeah. when when we went mm. through Starbucks and we got to talk to a girl that had green hair. Yeah. And and <laughs> like I literally ten minutes ago. And she I was, love it. She was calling us she, on the microphone. She called Nicole lovely. lovely, and I was like, "Call me lovely," you know. And <laughs> and you're you're connecting with people. Yeah. yeah. That that is yeah. what my life is about. Is like. Mm-hmm. Those are just as important days. It's true. And it, it reminds me of what I was telling you just, I think, yesterday. I remember when we were in Cambodia and we were we were getting ready to check out of where we were staying, the hotel, to go out and to minister to the kids. And we were going to go speak in the countryside, share the gospel. I was going to talk about my abuse, you know, and then we're going to teach them about trafficking. Like, this is the real stuff. Like, this was some of the best work I've ever done in my life um, and some of the hardest and, you know, it's it's a place where, you know, you're like, we're going to go do it. But no, I'm like get it, getting the van unlocked. And, and where's Janice? Oh, she's still why is she still at the hotel lobby counter? Like, OK, go back and find Janice. We've got to go. We've got this big job, this amazing, huge job. You know, people are watching us from the States like this is we're about to go do it. No, she's over here ministering to the little girl who's working the hotel counter. I could just picture it now. I know. This is her. And it's like, because, and I think it's so biblical how we're always looking, you know, for the next big thing and the big conference and we're on our way, we're rushing, we got to go to the thing, but we miss the person who really needed a a word of hope or to feel seen that day. And that girl, that meant so much to her that you stopped and, and wanted to hear her story, how her Aww. day was going. Did she know Jesus? I mean, you're going after it. <laughs> <laughs> so let me put it something that's changed my life, mm. to put it in perspective. Mm. So I, I ask people, what would you do if you had, you had financially, you were in the top 1% of the world? We've all gone by the um, lottery billboard and said, <laughs> what would I what do? What if? I could, be, I could <laughs> yeah. do this and I could do that. But I, I said, what if you just think about it. if you were in the top one percent financially of the world, what would you do? Oh, you know, then our our minds are rolling, you know. And then I'm like, if you make thirty two thousand four hundred dollars, you're in the top one percent financially of the world. Mm-hmm. We are the we are the one percenters, yeah, of the world. And and I, one day I will learn how to explain this, but ninety nine percent of the world lives differently than we do. We Mm. live in Disneyland. We live in a bubble, Mm. and that's not a big bubble. Mm. It's a tiny bubble. Mm. And the rest of the world, 80% of the world lives on $10 or less a day. Mm. People, that is the real world, and we live in something completely different. And that's rocked my world. I mean, that has changed me completely, and it's like what I live for. Mm. I mean, you think you're doing big things in the States by, you know, and you are, and these people, the people that teach and whatever have changed my life. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, when it all said and done, what did we do with the 99%? Mm-hmm. What did we do with them? Mm-hmm. And we have the ability to change their life. A cup of water saves their life. A well in their village saves, saves their life, mm-hmm. saves the whole village. It, I was in a village um, just a couple years ago in Burundi where we had drilled a well. And I had been there before. And then we came back, and the whole village had changed financially because people didn't have to walk for three hours to go get water and bring it back and poison their kids Mm. not because they wanted to because they had no choice and so i'm like that we with so little we can change 
people's lives, mm-hmm. you know. So that's one that just has rocked me like crazy. And also, here's a, there's a scripture. Also, I would challenge anybody to do a word study on the poor mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. God's serious about the poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so serious. In mm-hmm. Ezekiel, I found this one about 20 years ago, and it still rocks me all the time. Okay, so we think of Sodom and Gomorrah as like the most horrible places mm-hmm. on the planet. And the reasons we think they're bad is their moral choices. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a moral choice. But it says in Ezekiel, this is the sin of your sister Sodom, that you became tight-fisted and were no longer open-handed with the poor. Mm-hmm. So out of all the sins he said, he said they were overfed and yada, yada. They were, and he's, so the, of all the things he would list, he said, you know, you no longer help the poor. Mm-hmm. Ooh, goosebumps. Right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, I will never not be on the poor side because if, if God says, what's it in Proverbs says, if you don't help the help the poor, you mock your maker. Mm-hmm. In Proverbs, you know, I'm like, right. I'm like, I'm not getting on that side. Oh, and yeah. we live. I'm sharing my toilet paper. Right, exactly. Mm. You know, we'll so see. It, so I mean, <laughs> you'll you'll get me going on that stuff, but I mean, because mm-hmm. it. It has rocked my world because yeah. mm-hmm. I live in the 99% most of my time. Yes. And yeah. and so yeah. I, I will always be a voice there. I mean, I'm not, not they, backing down. Yeah. Know? But I also say your neighbor, you may minister the best you've ever ministered at Walmart, you know. And so I'm, a, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it means like the lady at Starbucks, the yeah. lady at the hotel, you know. Sometimes it means just letting them feel seen, right? Right. Oh, and, Absolutely. So they matter, right? It, so in Mark four, it's the um, is the sowing the seed, and I was reading it not well a while back, but anyway, and I was reading it, it said in the rocky ground, in the ground with the weeds, you know, and all the different grounds, and and I'm like, it's been preached a thousand times, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, I, I this question, which I was probably from God, how did the ground get that way? And I was like, well, the rocky soil, nobody has moved the rocks to make it in the, in the weeds. Nobody's, like, cut them down and, made, you know, in the sandy soil, you know. And so he said, How did, every time you meet somebody, you are tilling their soil. Mm. Mm. Whether you're the one that goes in and, and, and does the gospel or does something big with them, no, you're just tilling their soil. And that was, it was about four years ago, and I made the commitment. That anybody I run into, like that, serves me. Look yeah. them in the eye every time they do something and say thank you. Yeah, you're tilling soil, you right. know. And so when we meet somebody walking down the road <laughs> and we say hi and we look them in the eye, have a great day. Yeah, we're tilling soil. Yeah, mm. you know, mm-hmm. because if you're not tilling it, you're growing weeds and you're putting rocks and mm. so you're doing one or the other. Yeah, That's so true. So especially like you said, people who are serving you. Oh, like I think God. of yesterday, we go to the grocery store and right. you're trying to tip our cashier, <laughs> you know, like she probably gets a lot of people who are making her day worse. Every person coming through with an attitude. But then you got Janice Meyer trying to give her a tip. She's like, well, I can't accept this. But, <laughs> but still, like you were tilling her soil. If it probably just, helped her through to the next person. You're, you're just saying you are a worthy person. You're a person. You're a child of God that, that I can love. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, Listen. I want to make this clear. <laughs> I've been in other parts of the world and not been anywhere near Jesus mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was in. Be, look, I'm. I get Americanized. I get 
I get mad at the driver that cuts me off. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's don't make anything. Yeah. It's not you're not perfect. Okay, we get, near, we get it. We get it. Anywhere near perfect. But I do want I I do love Jesus. Yes, and I want to be close to Him. And I think the yes. closer you are to Him, uh-huh. then the more that it just comes out of you. Mm-hmm. It's not about trying to do things. It's about being closer to Him and letting it come out. Yeah. Well, and when so. you think of you know all of the survivors of abuse that are in the world. And how many of them are serving you a coffee and you don't know their story? How many of them are the checkout lady at the grocery store? You know, how many of them are are, are the guy, you know, helping you get checked into your hotel? They're everywhere. And and we all need someone along our journey to give us, you know, look us in the eye. Tell us thank you. You know, it does help us through the day. (laughs) It does. And uh, a lot of people go on church mission trips. And... I think that sometimes we think we're better than those pe- the people we go minister to. Wow. Let's go. No more white saviors. Right. We have, If we meet a person, <laughs> even though they're in the bottom, they're in the 99%, yeah. those people are amazing. Mm. And if you take the time to get to, not even get to, just love them. Just mm. say, smile and say, thank you for doing something for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we're not better. Mm-mm. We do things different. We have a, you know, culture. Yeah, we're privileged here. Oh, my gosh. Culture and the kingdom of God are two different things. Preach. <laughs> Preach. Preach. <Yeah>. So, um, <laughs> but we have culturized the church. Mm-hmm. We think the American dream is the gospel. We think that if something goes wrong in our life, how could that happen? We say it. How could that happen in America? You know, much less, how could that happen to me as a Christian? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you live in the world. Yeah. And it's not supposed to be heaven. We're going, heavens comes later. Now we're becoming more like Christ and become loving. So the I, I get a little frustrated with what I see, and, and I try to hold it back some. Most of us would say we don't believe in the prosperity gospel, but we sure believe in the comfort gospel. <laughs> yes, I'm like, mm. You Where's know, my Starbucks? Give me right, my comfy well, bed and my cell phone. And my car <laughs> yeah. runs, runs out of gas or it breaks down. And it's like, well, I'm not being blessed right now. It's like the end of the world. Yeah, God's right. out to get me. God's favor has and, left me. Right. I must and, pray more. Right. Yeah, or I should go to church I'm more. I'm do something more. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you, there's people hurting. People have lost their children. People, I mean, mm-hmm. here, you know, and prayed like crazy. God's, I, the will of God is for us to become more like him. It's not what we do. Mm-hmm. What I do is I go take pictures in another country and tell people's story. That's not the will of God for my life. The will mm-hmm. of God for my life is what happens inside of me. You know, and so it's just, I don't know. We've got some things really mixed up. And we go to another culture and we go, they're weird. You know, <laughs> yeah. They're, right. You know, right. You know, they Like when I go into a, a village, I have to meet with the chief. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we sit in this little hut or under a tree and, it's it's like, oh, can we get going? You know, I catch myself. Well, this is not important. Are you kidding? You're meeting with the president. You're mm-hmm. meeting with the, a man mm-hmm. that all those people respect. Right. And I'm meeting with people that have lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. You, it may not look res- like what you come from, but. Right. That, yeah. This is Why really funny. Matter? You know, it, it, it's like, but it's all about loving people. And they are just, 
we are not more important than anybody. Yeah. I mean, we're just not. It reminds me of just you saying, you know, our hearts being transformed to be more like his. Um, just a part of my old counselor that we're friends now and we do a women's conference together and she talks a lot about how, you know, our siblings, you look somewhat similar, maybe your eyes, your nose, your mouth, maybe your ears, who knows? And people can go, oh yeah, you guys kind of look alike. She said, I want to be known as, oh yeah, she kind of looks like someone I've heard about. She looks like Jesus. Right. You want to look like That's him, awesome. like your siblings, because when people encounter us, oh, I have goosebumps. When that girl's at the the hotel counter and talking to you, and then you walk away and you go off about your day and she's doing her thing, it's still going to pop up. Man, that was different. What was that all about? Mm-hmm. Whether you talked about Jesus or not, yeah. it's different. And I, I think people take notice of that. And that's planting a seed without you saying, here's the Bible, get to read it. Right. It's, it's I, being him. What? We have, the, we have the son of God living inside of us. We are kingdom people. When we walk in a room, it's a room. It should be different. Yes. I mean, shouldn't lightning's not gonna go off. But when we walk in a room, the atmosphere should change. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that does not happen a lot, mm. you know. But I want it to become more and more. And again, it's not what we do to get that. I think a friend of mine, Sheila, she just wrote a book on praying, at praying women, mm. and she's twenty four seven on mission. Mm. You know. Yeah, but she's awesome. it comes because she spends time with God and she's honest. It's not mm. about what you're praying for. I'm telling you, get with God and say, I don't get this. This stinks. Uh, and I don't understand what's going on. Do that every day. Go be honest with me and your life will change. Yeah. Mm. Not about, okay, I've got to pray for five people here. Che- you're not checking the boxes. Not it's che- not you about know, checking the boxes. Honest. Yeah. And, and mm. you, he can, he take, I mean, I can remember when I was going through stuff with my abuse, like on the floor going, I don't even like you. Yes. You know, yeah. I don't know what you're doing for me. And I remember I said, what do I know that I know that I know? What one thing do I know? I'm going to start, I'm going to go to the very beginning. I said, I know there's a God. It's just All this just couldn't happen without a God, you know, mm-hmm. without intelligent design. I mean, it would be impossible. So I decided I'm going to go to that. And then, as my life goes, I'll, I'll add two things I know that I know. Now, if I had to start over, I think I would start over with maybe five things, you know, <laughs> yeah. if I if my world rocked. And so um, I just think we need to just be honest with God and be real and not be, I'm a, I'm a terrible public prayer. I'm like, Lord, yeah, that, <laughs> that, you know. Amen. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I remember my friend Sheila, I was praying with her and some other people that, are kind of well-known, and I said, you're it, God. You're the thing. And they all just start laughing, you know what I mean? That's like the best prayer ever. Like, like you're it. Like, you're it. And she was like, you're it. And, and, you know, and I was like, you're the bee's knees, God. Yeah, yeah. Know, cast exactly. But in my I like mind, it. What it, my heart, what it was, was like, oh, my gosh, I don't have words for you. You know, so cute. So, oh my and so he loves so that. Right, exactly. <laughs> he probably got a little chuckle, too. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, I think he laughs at me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. But, so I've, I've I've had the privilege of having some crazy experiences, but I've had some crazy experiences in mm. in what we would call everyday life. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. yeah, but you're adventurous and you go after it, and you're willing to talk to anybody. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, you're right. willing to cross the street for people, and that yeah. that means the world. And I think God made me an extrovert, so maybe an introvert would 
not talk to quite as many people, you yeah. know, but but even an introvert can, you know, smile, be in a room and, and portray that God is love. Right? right. Like exactly. Like as followers of Jesus, we don't have to be what everyone thinks is sitting behind their computer, spitting hate right. out, it's like walk into a room and love somebody. Yeah. Get on your computer and love somebody. It doesn't have to be so right. judgmental. And well, yeah, it doesn't have to. You have to be out talking to a crowd. I would do something crazy. I would get up on a table and go, OK, we're going to talk now. You know, but, but not always. On that trip we went to, it was it was like a highlight of my life. Oh, because she was sharing her testimony, and she said, "So when there was like four of us on the trip, she said, and everybody had this part, and she goes, we need somebody to share the gospel.'" And I was like, "Are you kidding? That one's open!" Oh, <laughs> you know? like me, 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 me. I know, which is hilarious because you thought, "Oh, I'm just coming to take pictures," and right. I knew it was going to be you and me. We went to villages oh. with anywhere from 200 to 500. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and we did like five villages, and yeah. you know, more. And so, okay, so getting to them was a little different. We'll, so there, we, it was real muddy. I'll tell this before I tell the fun part. Yes. It was real muddy, and the guy, the driver, was like, trying, he's like, we can't get through there. And oh, like, the ruts were just so deep. I mean, we were bottoming out yeah. this van. And it's a van. It's not a Jeep. And I'm oh. like, we've got to get to this. This village needs us. Like, get us there. And I say, let me drive. Well, oh, that's why I would yes. say that. <laughs> well, first he goes, we can't. He gets out. He goes, we cannot get there. And Janice goes, let me drive. I, I guarantee, guarantee it. that I will get us there. My and I, kind of girl. So then we, everybody gets out of the van. I mean, we had these little Cambodian girls that were helping us, like, with the shoes and all the stuff. Oh. Everybody gets out to lighten the load. Yeah. I get in the passenger, the front passenger. Janice takes the driver's seat, and she is gets out. glorying I'm taking it. off. And I mean, we are just going hard. I'm a Jeep driver. I drive all over Africa in the yeah. bush. I'm and, videotaping. Uh, we're laughing. Yes. We're That's laughing so, our heads I off. I need to see that. Anyway, <laughs> so we take off, and I'm, I'm like, <laughs> just stops. And I go, we didn't make it. Oh, <laughs> we didn't. We're not going through no. here. So She's now, like, just kidding. So now I'm out. I'm finding a guy with a chain or a, a donkey or what was it? He was like a big cow. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he had a tra- uh, trailer. And so. I find a rope and we pull it out like that. Oh my a rope. God. A rope, yes. So I yeah. found a rope in a guy's shed, little house, uh-huh. you know, little yeah. hut thing. And then I found this guy with a cow. And so we got it out. We got it out, so, you know. And then on your way, you went to the village? But listen, so Janice yeah. comes as photographer. She's the one that's doing the. The, me- the gospel message after I talk about abuse and trafficking, she comes up and gives the gospel message. And she's also the one that goes and finds cows with ropes. I know. <laughs> it's like, what can't what? you I do? I know. I know. Right. I know. So what was, this trip was so cool to me because it was, I got to do something that I love. Mm. I have evangelist heart. And yeah, so, so, good at so it. we would go in and, and to these little villages and she would do her thing. And then we have this translator, this friend, it's just precious. And I mean, she has such a heart for people. Mm, so amazing. we're doing the translating. I, people are coming to Christ, you yeah. know, and I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm like dying. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> and so then the last one, our, our interpreter, our translator says, I've never done this. It's a, it's a Muslim village. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so 
I um she goes, Well, I've never shared Jesus right. with anybody. Muslim. She was a little nervous. She was, she was I said, timid. I said, I haven't either, but Jesus has. And you know, oh. and so we walked up there and in full Muslim guard, like you just see the eyes yes. and everything. I didn't even know Cambodia had um, but we just loved on them and mm. and I said to them, I still remember I said, You are seekers of truth. Mm. And I said, You're seeking truth and I'm seeking truth. Mm. I just want to share you with you the truth I've come to believe. And I, and so I shared with them, and I said, I just challenge you, if you go to sleep to, as you lay in bed, in, in your bed tonight, ask Jesus if he's real and just talk to him. And that's how I shared the gospel, because I'm not going to disrespect you. You've searched for truth your whole life. Absolutely. Yeah. You're a seeker of truth. I've just come to believe a truth, and I, um, and I would challenge you, mm-hmm. you know, to, to – to just ask. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was so fun. And then my Aww. boss, who is an evangelist, James Robinson with Life Outreach International, I called him. I said, hey, fellow evangelist. And he's spoken <laughs> to millions, oh, yeah. you know, in crowds. You know, yeah. He just laughed. He was so excited for me. You know, and stuff. So mm-hmm. It was a real highlight of my life to get to do that. I would. So. <laughs> I mean, we need a documentary about your life. Like, that's all I'm thinking about. Like, obviously, the people are important and you continue doing that work. But I'm like, goodness, I just want to follow you around. So I'll tell you a fun story, if I may, Mm -hmm. if you have time. I also want you to tell us some of the craziest stories. This is one of them. Okay. So I had never, in one year, I was on a boat going down the Nile in the Amazon. Yeah. You know, so we were... I do a lot of our pre-trips, so I'll go to an area and and ahead, like a month, two weeks to a month ahead of people, our team, which is not large, we're about five of us, and I'll set up everything. So the Amazon, they said, we're going to do the Amazon, we think, so could you go and check it out? I'm like, well, yeah. 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 You know. Where's my plane ticket? Yeah. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> I'm like so excited. So I fly into Lima, Peru, land, have never met these people. This lady picks me up. And we take, we go straight to this little, it's not an airport, it's a mission um, air service. We get on this float plane and we take off and we um, land on the Amazon in a float plane. I mean, you just don't understand. I'm like, wow. Oh, I'm having so much fun. I'm so You're like, let me drive it. I guarantee you I'll land it. <laughs> yeah, really. Exactly. So, yes. So, um, oh. so we get off, then we get in, we stay at this little hotel in this. I don't remember what it was. So she said, okay, they have screens on the toilets because these poisonous frogs can come up through. And if they... No la- way. If I'm out. If they, <laughs> At that point, if I'm they out. latch on you, you, no. you die in 30 minutes. <gasps> no way. Yeah. yeah so, I've never heard of that. Uh, okay. Like, I, there's not a screen in my bed. Oh, I guess they're out of them. Okay, just be careful. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm all good. So now we get on this boat and it's like a no. little wood boat and the... The um, seat is a wood wood benches. So there's a guy that stands on the front of the boat, and he takes his arm to go to the right and his other arm to go to the left to tell the driver who's in the back with this little motor thing yeah, which way to go because you don't want to hit a log. I mean, it's the Amazon River, oh, yeah, and it moves right. pretty fast. Sure. And um, so we do this for like 10 hours. 10 hours. hours? Yeah. And we finally come to this little village opening, and we go over there, and we camp out that night and so so then the next day we get on this boat again and we take off and we go another three or four hours and so now we're at the place we're going to do these stories right so i get out and i'm talking to everybody but we're supposed to go back that day all the way oh 
you know, but she, he's like, I said, how are we going to make it down river? It's faster. Oh. And I'm like, like 13, 14, 15, you know, like 15 hours hour. faster. Yeah. And, you know, so <laughs> I get it. Finally, I'm like, I think we should probably go. And he's like, well, I have lights too on, that we can put up on the boat. And so I'm like, okay. You know, so we finally we finish and we get on the boat. And I'm like, there's no way we're making it back. You know, we're going to be doing this at night. Well, we go through this one area. And it's maybe one of my favorite of all time photos. It's the water. I can't even tell you how much like glass it is. The mm. reflection, you have to look close to see which is the reflection and which wow. is. Re- and this full rainbow comes oh. out. <gasps> and I'm like. This is not happening. I'm so excited. So it was worth anything I went through just for that photo. Oh, I mean, it was my just so amazing. Goodness. So, and I'm sitting so cool. on the front of the boat with the guy, you know, yeah, you know, taking pictures <laughs> and having so much fun. Yes. And, and so as we now we cross this big lake that I remember we crossed, and now it's the sun setting. And we're only two hours out. And so it starts getting dark. I said, so I'm like, do you think we should put the lights up? Because, well, I just realized I forgot him. What? <laughs> she it is. Yeah. Okay. So it's so good. you so found a cow with lights hanging around right. his neck. Yeah, really. no. So I go. So now it's pitch black. Now it's finally it's pitch black, and I'm sitting there, oh. and I just wasn't given fear except for snakes. I just wasn't given the yeah this fear or fear. And it, so I'm not courageous. I just don't have because you have to have fear to be courageous. Yeah. Okay. So, you see what I'm saying? I, mean, I see what just, you're... Yeah, so I'm not really crazy. I'm just, an ounce of I'm that. really yeah. kind of dumb. And so <laughs> so it's pitch black, and this guy has his frass right on the front, and he's like with green, and he's doing this. Re- I'm sorry, he's going left and right yeah. to say which way to go. Uh-huh. And, and, and so I'm like, you know, I, I'm praying, and I go, Lord, I, I don't really want this testimony. And I, and I don't <laughs> really, I, I see what's happening here, God, and I don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. write this book. You know the one where we hit something, we get out the piranha, take my foot, Uh uh and I mean they have my camera. (laughs) Yeah, and then we swim to the edge, and you're in this jungle. I've never seen a jungle that thick. I mean, Mm. you you can't even walk through it. It's so thick, and and so I'm like, you know, that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna find me in five weeks. You know, yeah, and in the belly of a croc, (laughs) right? And so he's like. And so I said, Kim, why don't we just go to the side and camp out? He said, "You'll because you will die. He said, you can't live in there. Only if they've cleared, you know, the village. Only if they've cleared out a little area. Yeah. And I went, well, that's not good. You know, <laughs> they have they have cats, the black big cats, what are they, puma or something. Yeah. And frogs that will kill you, you know, and snakes that will, I mean, so you just. Yeah. You will not survive. Yeah, so yeah. your chances of living are better on the boat. <laughs> Exactly. No, like by far, (laughs) by far. So okay. So he says, you know, I know of a hotel. (laughs) Okay. Coming up, it's about thirty minutes. So thirty minutes go by. An hour goes by. He goes, see that light? So there is a little bitty town because they're drilling for oil down there, and so they have places for the oil. So we get up, and we go up to this brick cedar block thing, and they said, oh, we're full. Who is here? Oh. So he said, but there's another one right here, just from the back of them. Went over there, and this drunk guy goes, you know, we got got a place for you. Oh, boy. He said, we got got rooms, you know. So I go in my room, and the door won't lock. And, I mean, it's it's the nastiest room I've ever – it's the worst hotel I've ever been in. And that's saying a lot. Oh, yeah. Because you've seen some places. So the bathroom, I 
could hardly walk into it. it was it, and it there was no door. It's just kind of one room. And so there's the bed, and so I take the clothes out of my um, bag and lay them on the bed because it makes me feel better to sleep on top of my clothes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. so I had cell. I get it. I had I cell get service. It. So you had, had cell service yes, because the oil companies we had cell service, and so I, I call my friend Kyrie. And I go, Kyrie, you're not going to believe that. So I tell her the story, you know, and she goes, does anybody on the planet know where you are? And I go, well, the people I'm with do. <gasps> and she goes, go find out. So I call you back. So I go find out where are we? And they tell me what village. So I said, where is such and She goes, okay, if I don't hear from you tomorrow by such and such, I'm sending out, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> she swears I cried. And I'm like. I don't cry about that. She you says know. you cry. Yeah, she says I was like happy cry. No, she says I was that scared. Oh, oh Kyrie, I, don't I wasn't. It. No, so I, she it, was going to send a search party though. Yeah, she was. So, so, and it was it was dicey. Don't get me wrong. It was it was dicey, and I was kind of like, okay, this one's new. You know what do we? And and so anyway, so the next morning, wake up. Oh, we wake up really early, and we're checking out. And I'm sitting there while they're checking out. Now there was three of us, four of us. Yeah, four of us count me. And he goes, that'll be $3. And I go, overpriced. <laughs> overpriced. And so yeah. then we made it back, and we, I flew out, and I came home, and we all, the whole crew went back two weeks later. And they had a really nice boat for us. There was soft seats and, and everything. And you did remind them, like, what, did every they understand the scale of them. that you almost lost your life? Yeah, I, okay. I told them every five minutes. I just want to make sure they knew. And when we came back, though, it was so hot. It was like, it was like so humid and hot. Not once, we camped five days, and not once did we dry out. We, I bought oh. them all little fans, because when I was there, it wasn't hot. Two weeks mm. ago, bought them all little fans, and we would put these battery-operated fans on our pillow just so it would blow in our face so we could go to sleep. Oh. And so, we, it, it, so they got some uncomfortable uncomfortable things too so it's just crazy when you <laughs> hollywood celebrities or like you look at your life and you're like oh my gosh these beautiful pictures and you know and you can't wrap your head around the what could be behind oh, right. this beautiful picture oh, I like i would never imagine these because, stories yeah of, like she has so many followers that will comment on her stuff like you know people just like you said we want to follow you right we want it we want your job that's amazing like and you're like no you no, don't you don't. Right. you don't know it's what so she goes through for that shot yeah. oh people say that oh, can i just carry your bags well i wish somebody would carry my bag <laughs> seriously I'm like you know i'm not sure you want to mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah, wow. it's, and not it's to awesome. mention like the children i mean yeah. you've held dying babies yeah. and yeah. you know and that it'll change your world right just because they don't have enough food or when we started trafficking, and I'm not even sure what year we started doing anti-trafficking. Yes. That rocked my world so bad mm. that I I didn't even know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. Because I can't even repeat the things that mm. these people have told me. Absolutely. Women that have been in it for 20 years and finally got free. Mm. The things they've told me. And little children that are seven or eight have told me. I can't, we can't even air that. We can't even put that in a letter. We can't. No. It's just. To it's it's you know it's so, and so evil it's so right. painful it yeah it's beyond yeah. our human brain cannot even comprehend and yet a little girl a little boy are living through that right. every day exactly and uh, what we do is we drill wells mm -hmm. and we feed children and we build orphanages and we um, pass out shoes at Christmas mm. and 
when we started this, it was like all those other things are because of where they live. This is because somebody does something to somebody. Mm-hmm. This they are putting evil on another human being mm-hmm. in a child. Mm-hmm. And so that has a whole, like she said, evilness mm-hmm. to it that people that don't have food does not have on it. And I will forever do that. But the evil that comes with human trafficking mm-hmm. is beyond comprehension. And not to mention that a lot of times that person is putting that evil on this other person because of where they live, right. because they have no food, right. because they don't poverty. have a family. So not only are they living in poverty, mm-hmm. now they're desperate. And then this right. person, this evil person comes in and tries to take advantage. Yeah. And they come in usually and they say they they have a daughter and they say, we will take and educate mm-hmm. your daughter. And we're gonna, they, they're going to have a good life and they will be able to send you money. And then they have four other children and they who doesn't want to believe you won the lottery? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. They just believe, oh, and my child's going to have a better life. It's going to be mm-hmm. educated. And then they never see that child again. Mm-hmm. And there's no money coming. And it, and so we have a work in Nepal that I don't think we've even talked about. Mm-hmm. That's on, it, Nepal's on the border of um, Nepal and India. And we have people that stand on that border in seven of the borders. There's like 20-something. So we're trying to get to all of them. But they stand on that border every day, and they stop anybody that they think. Like, there's a girl involved. They stop them. And they know the questions, and they separate them, and they ask them, who is this? Well, it's my brother. So they have a little bit of a story. Mm. Well, where does your brother, who's your mom? And then they ask, and they don't, you know, you get to the other questions, and they can't answer them. And so they rescue people 30 feet from their life being changed. Mm -hmm. Crossing that border. 1,500 a month. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something like that. It's crazy numbers. Oh, my gosh. And it's, like, so awesome. I've stood on that border many times now and watched, you know, these people, these girls be rescued. Mm -hmm. And some of them have been drugged through candy and ended up in the hospital. And I've talked to them. They're like, I almost was gone, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I looked at it, and I'm like, I can see life to death, you know, life to a horrible, in exchange for a horrible life. Right. It's just, it's one of the coolest works we have Absolutely. and I love it so mm. much and these people stand on that border mm. every day mm-hmm. in a bright yellow outfit and it's just and, and they they work with the government they have permission to stop anybody they want and that's so great I mean that yeah. not every country will do that right? no so so it's really wow cool. it's I love that work mm-hmm. it's really exciting we just started that a few years I remember you sharing about that yeah. I think that's probably one of the 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 best um systems that i've heard about especially when it comes to anti-trafficking work and it's crossing international borders and you're rescuing them yeah and but they haven't gone through it yet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's so cool they don't even Mm. know what they're about to be rescued from i have no idea and like we interviewed one little teenage girl and she was like oh it would have been fine it means she didn't get it even after but they they, they're keeping her there and they'll Mm. keep talking they'll explain it and they'll show her you know and they'll have they have so many women there that were trafficked Mm -hmm. so she'll get it but we had just talked to her the day after and you know you're just like i'm just want to shake her you know i'm like you have no idea your whole Mm -hmm. life about just about changed forever Mm -hmm. not good Mm -hmm. so teenagers are can be the same around the world (laughs) yes exactly Exactly. fearless and they know everything right exactly i was just thinking about how you know you have to allow yourself to to be in these situations, you have to allow your heart to be even 
be open to these stories and to be broken by them. And, you know, that's how you said once you started in the anti-trafficking world, it it was almost like, what do, what do I even do with this? This is so hard. This is so big. And that's how it was for me. I mean, when I started the nonprofit One Voice for Freedom, it, it was out of the brokenness that I experienced the first time I went to Cambodia with you. I mean, I'd been doing anti-trafficking work here in the States for a while, but being in those brothel rooms with those girls right. was so heartbreaking. But even more so, I don't know if you remember this, Janice, <laughs> but um, we we eventually we met with a mother of two girls who'd been taken, just like you'd said, the the mom, she was a single mom, had nothing. Um, and this, this man came to her village and promised her everything. And so, of course, she put her girls on the bus and they ended up being trafficked. One came back and had died um, just uh, before and we had Because actually, of the sickness they get right. and just the way they're treated, they're yes. not healthy. Yes. And, but she had been alive enough to tell her mom what she'd gone through. Right. The mom didn't know she was being trafficked. Um, and then the other daughter had been had been gone, and she didn't know where she was. She didn't know how to get her back. It was just the grief that this mom was experiencing. It wrecked me. I mean, more than I I didn't think I could be more wrecked and broken from what I experienced in the brothels interviewing those little girls, but then meeting this mom because I was a a new mom. I had just two little babies at home, and I'm here on the other side of the world and hearing this mom talk about her two babies and I was so broken over that and I mean I remember just like okay we've got to tell this mom's story but in the midst of it she was just this this large just super maternal mom just crying and do you remember what I said to you yes, Janice I do you said <laughs> can she hold me because <laughs> I was crying I know oh I am the like how do I even get to do the things that I do I mean I am the biggest dork in the world (laughs) I know but I like I was so sad over her story and I was just looking around and I'm like she's the one I want that I want her to hold me and you're like wait you want her to hold you like like, don't you think you might need to hold her it was so awesome I I still laugh about that all the time and I have a photo of that you know (laughs) it can always remind me but for the whole rest of the trip we were like you hold me right like this is the worst day of my life could you hold me yeah <laughs> golly it was awesome right it's like this is the worst day of your life but can you hold me right, right. exactly please <laughs> so, yeah. but the great part about that story was yem was the one that really i mean her story was what made me want to start educating the villages there right. and that's why we went back year after yeah. year to educate the villages so no other mom would experience that so they would know the lies of the traffickers and um and then through just supporting that mom over the past few years um eventually we were told that her other daughter came back right and how amazing <sighs> like that god will will enable us to keep others holding on to hope right and we can be a part of their journey to know like god is real and he's in the midst of this it's not always an easy fix but and it it's not always fixed. It's not always fixed. And Yim, her story has saved thousands of girls because we took that story and with her permission, shared what happened to her. Yes. And people have gotten on board to make a difference mm. in a place that they don't know. A friend of mine says, if these people were your neighbor, you would be there in a heartbeat. Yes. But when we bring that story to you, they become your neighbor. That's so true. And so... Yeah. It's 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 unreal what a difference we can make uh-huh. in, yeah. in a world like that. Yeah, and their stories impact our stories, but yet, you know, our single stories can impact our own community. Right. So just like, you know, you're saying 
the abuse that you went through is a part of your story, but it's not a part really overall of your ministry. But yet there's opportunities you have every day in your little neighborhood, in your church, you know, to share that. You're doing these huge things around the world, but yet like your story can actually impact something just right where you're at. Right. And we can all do that. We can all be a part of that. And no matter what your story is, you can do that with any part of your Mm. life. Yeah, and so no matter what your story is, like it can be used to help other people. And it's also part of your healing too. The more we're able to talk about it, the more healing comes in and goes out. And I I would say if you are at a place where you can share any part of your story and help somebody, but I would also say if you are struggling and you are hurt and you haven't dealt with things that you've been hurt by, Mm. whether it's um, abuse or just any kind of hurt, I just want people to know there's help out there. Yeah. I mean, I really do. I want. I, I just want to be a part. I would never want to just tell stories and people not get help and be changed. So true. Because think about your work now. Like, if you had not received healing, to be able to go out and eventually do the anti-trafficking stories, there's no way. Like, you... You yeah. would not have been able to go through that without healing yourself. I don't think emotionally I would have been able to do any of what I do. I think I would have been a, a hot mess and uh-huh. just uh-huh. broken all the time. And because if you allow that and you don't deal with it, it becomes it becomes negative. Yeah. It doesn't just become non. Trust me, mm. it, it will be. It goes the other direction. Yes. Yeah. There is no neutral ground mm. in life. Mm. You're either um, becoming changed and, and better or you, with a purpose or you're going to become bitter and you're going to become angry and everything's somebody else's fault. Mm. And so I think it's just we just have to keep going and share what we can and keep learning and keep becoming more. And like you said, getting the help that we need, right. you know. Oh, I just hope Seeking. I would hope some people would get help mm-hmm. today. I mean, that would make that would make that would make everything worth the day. I mean, absolutely. Uh, that's what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes. And then, you know, we we are testimonies of that, yes. of of getting the help so that we can tell others to get the help. And then once you get the help, tell other people to get the help, right? Like, it's just that ongoing cycle right. because it is. healing isn't linear. We're yeah. all in process, but yeah. there's always somebody behind us yeah. that needs that encouragement. I have a dear friend named Beth, and she says it has to be on purpose. Mm, you yeah. have to go at things on purpose. Mm. You just don't osmosis into things you've got to do it on purpose that's just the way this life is yeah and that's the way god works and he will he will do the healing he's just asking you if you will ask for help yeah just one step it's not like you have to do everything you just ask for help Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and do it on purpose wow so good i would encourage anybody to check out janice's book I have seen him as her book. It's it's gorgeous. It's just full of her photos from all over the world. So many children and, and just cultures. And um, she writes in it, just background of the of the stories. And it's just so encouraging. And it's beautiful. It's a great book for your coffee table. You can get it at your website, right? JaniceMeyer.net. And then also follow her. Hold on. Okay. I gotta, as the, you didn't know this, Janice, but I'm the leader of your fan club. So anyway, um, P.S. Don't no, go I to am. Amazon because... They have one left, and then I text Nicole last night, and I'm like, they're about to be out of stock. And she's like, duh, go to her website. Mm-hmm. So you go to the website, and then you can order multiples, because I had to get some gifts. I had to get one for my house last night. Yes. So so they're on their way. Your assistant said she's taking care right. of it. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
and she Nikon. gets back on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. That's when you fly back. Uh, so yeah, make sure you go to her website, yes. and Amazon still needs to stock up. Well, and follow her on Insta. Yes. Yeah. And her handle is Jetlag Janice. <laughs> <laughs> so fitting. Right. You are always jet lag because you're always gone. I can't oh, wait till our next how trip. Do you? <sighs> I can't wait till our next trip. Me either. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. Yeah, you're the best. You guys. It's so awesome. I love what y'all do. We love what you do. What are you talking about? Forget <laughs> us. Seriously. That's the best when you have friends that you're like, you're your number one fan. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm y'all. Oh, thank you. I got you, sister. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, write a review if you heard something you liked. Even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together. You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org.